This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI TV. And welcome back to Now with Dave Brown right here on AMI-TV. My name is Andy Frank filling in for Dave on this Monday morning. And it seems these rare occasions that I fill in for Dave always happen on Mondays. I I wonder, I don't know why, but they happen on Mondays. And there wasn't even a Super Bowl or anything like that in the mix. I, I, I'm not quite clear on this. But anyway, I'm here and I love being here because on Mondays, all my old friends are here. You know? We're going to talk to Kim Thistle a bit later. We're going to talk to Marco Flalo. We're going to have our roundtable with Nisreen and with Ramya. All these fun people that I've known for such a long time. And one of those is Michelle McQuig. Michelle McQuig is the weekend news editor at Canadian Press. And every Monday, she has the uh, privilege, responsibility, you name it, of uh, <laughs> wrapping up what happened on the weekend, putting things into context. And Michelle, you know, I was thinking that, uh, you know, this isn't like some day in mid-July when we have to find some story about the Tiddlywinks Championship in Shawinigan or something <laughs> <laughs> to uh, keep us busy. We've, there, is a, there is a fair amount of content in the news, I think, uh, that we can chew on. How are, how are you, Michelle? I'm, I'm well, Andy. A great surprise to, to cross paths with you. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes uh, the fact that we get any content on the wall, on the wire at all, is about as mysterious as a Dave Brown Monday. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise... <laughs> as mysterious um, as a Dave Brown Monday. <laughs> sorry, Dave. <laughs> Bus incoming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Other weekends, there is absolutely no lack of material. And this was one such, although it wasn't quite as frantic as the my colleagues the week before had a really, truly and wild news week just with the culmination of the oh, Saskatchewan yeah. manhunt, the Queen's oh. actual death. I just got to sort of pick up the pieces this weekend, but there were still lots to lots to chew over. And will be lots to chew over over the next little while. So why don't we start Indeed. with, uh, we'll, we'll start here in Canada with Pierre Poliev. Um, uh, He uh, campaigned for the top job uh, on the uh, central rallying cry of freedom and addressing cost of living concerns. He said in his speech that people are struggling and some are just hanging on by a thread. So let's hear some sound first from his speech. We are their servants. We owe them hope. They don't need a government that sneers at them, looks down on them, calls them names. They don't need a government to run their lives. They need a government that can run a passport office. (laughs) All right, Michelle, uh, why don't you uh, fill us in a little bit on on the activities over the weekend, on his victory. you got it. Yeah, no, this, I mean, so for anyone who's been following the Conservative Party leadership race, his win was expected. But the degree of it was the real news on Saturday. Uh, I think there were some people who were thinking it would go on to several ballots because it was a ranked balloting system and that those processes can spool out for quite some time. That was not so. On the first ballot, Pierre Poilievre garnered 68% of votes cast. That's massive. His second place, it's huge, yeah. especially when you consider that there were there were five candidates. Patrick Brown's name was still on the ballot, but there were he, he didn't 
guy either votes because he had been disqualified some time ago. But think about this. With Poilievre at 68%, his second place challenger, Jean Charest, 16%. Mm. So not even close. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was immediately over. The, the results were proclaimed even before 8 p.m., so or a little earlier than expected. And it was a really sweeping win, not just by percentage, but if you think if if you look at a closer breakdown of the votes cast, Poilievre captured almost all ridings in the country. What's really striking is that the members in Quebec all voted for him. He captured every riding in Quebec that there was to capture there, even though the Quebec MPs had all backed Jean Charest because he was their former premier uh, provincially. Uh, so, so many people uh, throwing their lot in with Pierre Poilievre, despite the fact that he had been a pretty polarizing candidate in many circles. So now comes the interesting part. We're probably still a couple of years, Michelle, away from a federal election. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong there, but as long as the no, informal... No, the confidence and supply agreement is until 2025, so I'd say you're right on target there. So the, and that's what, the in, informal agreement between Jagmeet Singh and, and Justin? Uh, yeah, it's somewhere between formal and informal. Uh, it's, yeah. called, it's called confidence and supply agreement, so it's not a true coalition, but right. they do have a, an arrangement. And yeah, that is supposed to go to 2025, which gives Poilievre... A good couple of years to consolidate power uh, for the party to continue fundraising, at which they've been very successful in recent years. Uh, they are shaping up to be a pretty formidable force when that time comes around. So being the remarkably self-disciplined, um, hardcore journalist that you are, Michelle, uh, what, what, can, <laughs> what can we expect, uh, Monsieur Polievre, his, what can we expect of his tone and of his of his uh, of his uh, of his the, the image that he's now going to 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 be uh, uh, to be sharing with Canadians at large it was one thing to, to to appeal to his conservative base now he's got to appeal to the 905 voters to the Quebec voters all those typical voters that always make the difference in every federal election you what got do it. you what do you see him how do you see him uh, altering his ways or 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 does he just double down and say i am i am this guy i'm i'm swinging this thing to the right take it or leave it well, I mean, we were talking about mysteries earlier. This is going to be one of them because his his style has been very, very unapologetic, quick brash. He, you know, wants, he's come out with some theories that a lot of people see as, as fringe, that people feel are polarizing. He'd been, he'd been known to show some support for some people who are considered in many areas to be fairly fringe, members of the Darker Convoys, for instance. Um, so it's really anyone's guess. We haven't really had to see him operate in a unifier capacity before. He's always sort of been one of the party's attack dogs. He's been a long time MP and that's been his thing for quite some time. Um, so, but this is a whole new role. And I, I, I really don't know. I'm kind of curious to see if he will try to strike a more moderate tone. But if he does, he risks alienating his base. Uh, he campaigned on a very specific style and persona. And uh, I think there would be a bit a lot of political capital at risk if you were to deviate from that, but it, who knows? Uh, but two, it's, it's two, a, two, two plus years is a long time. It's so one of we'll those things like, like, where does that base go back to Maxime Bernier? Like they're not about to go to the NDP. So like, like yeah, not, no, it, it's a fair point. Yeah, and and, I mean, and it remains to be seen what will happen with the more centrist elements of the party too, yeah. who, are, who are probably going to be a bit disenchanted. It's with going outcome. to be super interesting to see how he positions himself. Uh, it really before is. He gets into the, the boxing ring with Justin, who apparently who is, may or may not run in twenty twenty five. Well, we don't know I mean, this, we've right? heard like, we've heard rumors late. Like, wasn't it last week? There was something that leaked out that he was thinking about doing it again. Uh, if so, I missed it. But okay, 
Yeah. You know what? Like you I don't said, deal in. You're a professional hardcore journalist. You don't deal in rumors. <laughs> so I'm told. The rumor has it. Yeah. Um, but no, right. truly, I mean, two two year two and a half years is an eternity in politics. Oh, yeah. A lot can happen. A we lot shall see. can happen. It's all the things that are going on. Speaking of the lots of things going on, mm-hmm. of course, the the dominant news this weekend, the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. We're we're learning more about her funeral. Uh, so her coffin made it to Edinburgh yesterday. Uh, there is a whole process, of course, taking place. Uh, very complicated, by the way, I find. Very. Um, oh, yeah. So far, uh, what has happened and what is anticipated for the funeral procession? Well, uh, what's, there's a couple of fronts here. So I'll, in the interest of time, I'll focus it a little bit. The, the, the point in London... Uh, she is going to be making her way to London. In fact, Charles, uh, King Charles III now, as we should refer to him, uh, has headed over to Scotland, and I think he's going to accompany her casket back into uh, Great Britain itself. Uh, it's going to go to London eventually. Uh, she will lie in state for four days, and then her funeral will come at the end of that official 10-day mourning period that's immediately triggered when she died. Uh, the funeral will take place at Westminster Abbey, as befitting the Queen, on September 19th. Um, that's what's happening in the most Coles Notes version possible in the UK. In Canada, uh, the main development over the weekend is that King Charles III is now our official head of state. Obviously, that was triggered automatically uh, when the Queen died on Thursday. He was immediately the new monarch. But there had to be a formal accession ceremony held, and that took place on Saturday at Rideau Hall. Um, there were some, some technical glitches that you know, might suggest that it's been 70 years since this kind of ceremony took place here. Um, But Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was there. Governor General Mary Simon was there. They're going to be at the funeral too. That's been revealed this morning. My colleague Morgan Lowry got a great interview with Ralph Goodale, who's now the High Commissioner for the UK. And he indicated that there will be three sort of official mourners from Canada at the funeral, but also a a whole bunch of other forms of Canadian involvement, including from the Mounties. Uh, That's a little sidetrack there, sorry. But accession ceremony went off on on Saturday. That officially changed uh, King Charles III to our head of state as is uh, stipulated under the Constitution, and a few different provinces followed suit with little accession ceremonies of their own on Saturday. So those aren't strictly necessary, but they're ceremonial, and and it was done, and it's going to be taking place in Ontario too. In fact, a press release came out this morning that we'll be doing that here. Michelle, it's interesting, you know, uh, on the weekend as I was watching all the coverage, uh, and some of the coverage was truly really fantastic. Um, on from on various different services from BBC, CBC, CNN, everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things that I, all the people, all the experts were coming were struggling with was King Charles the Third versus Prince Charles, or just flat out Charles. Charles. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an adjustment. And I have to say, I did a little double take when I heard I heard lots of instrumental versions of "God Save the Monarch" <laughs> over the weekend. Um, but yesterday was my first time hearing a vocal performance yeah. of God Save the King, as it is as it is now properly referred to. Yeah. And I had a moment of, whoa, what? Um, it, it's, there's a lot of adjustment. It's going to be it's going to be odd for a lot of people to start seeing new faces on our currency in, in several months time, whenever that happens. It'll be a while. Um, Charles has to sit for an official portrait and, and a number of other steps have to take place first. But lots of little ways in which uh, the Queen's presence or lack thereof now. Uh, will be an adjustment for people. A lot of organizations and institutions might have to change their names. Uh, citizenship oaths, of course, have to be rejigged a little bit now. Uh, lots of ripple effects just because of the way our constitution is set up and this, our society has evolved with the British crown uh, as sort of always a looming presence. Not yeah, looming, but a background be, presence. It's going to be fascinating because for years and years it was speculated that once this day came, 
Canada would revisit or visit the whole uh, republic discussion or some other variation of living without the monarchy in its life. But that, that is a whole kettle of fish. In fact, um, that is a whole, yeah. there, there was a, t- a terrific interview. I urge people to, to find Rosemary Barton speaking to Mikhail Jean, the former governor general about uh, what that would, what that would all entail. Uh, oh, it's, uh, interesting. It's, yeah, yeah. That was a terrific interview. Uh, Michelle, it it would be. we're flat out of time, you know, so I think, uh, I think, and, you know, and I'm just a substitute host. I better stay on schedule because the producers are going to get very <laughs> angry with me. <laughs> I don't you have... wouldn't want to alienate. You wouldn't want to alienate the boss. No, you I would to... not. I, I I can't get away with Dave Brown on Monday. <laughs> that, that's routines. Andy for those who don't know. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> at times, Michelle, always a pleasure hanging out with you, and uh, I look forward to the next time uh, we uh, we accidentally meet on the air or off the air, which is sounds good, Andy. Always fun too. <laughs> Great, great chatting. All right, Michelle. Take Mc... care. Thank you, Michelle McQuig is the weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.